The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Ho, ho, ho. It's time for another holiday edition of the Brandon Peters Show. And, of course, that means my present this year, Press Maxson, is back to spread the cheer. Cheers. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I love coming back here every winter. And uh, <laughs> and, and I love picking the, the, the topics mid-summer. And then... <laughs> And then actually, remind, <laughs> actually coming through on it, right? And then having to remind myself what it was, and then yeah. I redo some research. But I'm here to tell you, man, I've been excited to talk about this one. Yeah, this, this is this is crazy. Uh, we are talking, of course, about the 2009 Folgers commercial "Coming Home," which uh, was directed by Ray Dillman and star uh, written or directed by Ray Dillman, uh, written by Doug Pippen. And stars Matthew Allen and Catherine Combs. This is a reimagining of a older commercial called Peter Comes Home for Christmas, where a man comes home in the middle of the night. Uh, there's a little girl that gets excited, and he makes Folgers, and everybody wakes up and thought like, oh, Peter! I don't know who Peter is in that commercial. You can <laughs> check it out. Um, but, uh, so, yeah. So here's, let's give a little context real quick why... Well, I, I called this without any of your input, which is a risky thing to do, to call the <laughs> topic without telling the host ahead of time. Yeah. But uh, I will say, let's just, for one second, let's talk about the original yes. commercial. When I, I mean, so I was, you and I are the same age. I mean, I, I feel like we were, uh, I was in this era where anything on TV, like Christmassy, kind of felt magical. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, kind of not know that commercials were selling me something like I was young enough to believe they were just telling little stories, you know? Yeah. And I remember thinking I like at my early age, I remember being like super charmed by this Peter comes home commercial because, you know, when you're a little kid, you know, the idea of, Oh, I could like be somewhere without my parents. And then I could like, when you grow up, you, then you come home and everyone's is still asleep and the house is like yours. And and in our house growing up, the smell of coffee and the sound of our old coffee maker was like kind of a thing that woke me up when mm-hmm. I heard my parents downstairs. My mom uh, used to make waffles. I guess she still does. I shouldn't say used to, she still does. But like in junior high and high school, like the smell of the waffles, like waking you up in the morning, like nothing's better. So I remember thinking like when I was young, like, like, yes, this could happen. Like someone could get back from far away, like come home from college. I don't know what that means or feels like, but I imagine someone comes home and they put on the coffee. And like, to me, it made sense. And you line it right up against like the Grinch or Rudolph or Frosty, or like what we talked about last year, the Muppet family Christmas to me, right. all held equal when I was like eight yeah, because you know, like, they would run all... during those specials. So right, they, they exactly. went in with them. Exactly. So <clears throat> that made the 2009 remake so much wilder. I thought that that here they 
I felt like this was one of those commercials that they could run forever without making it better. Right. Fact, like, you know, what is a good example? The um, Corona beer runs the same commercial every year. Do you, do you know which one it is? You know which one? Is it it's, the one with the ha ha, like the beach and then the Corona is? It, it's the one I'm thinking of that might run every year too. But the one I'm thinking of is, is one shot. Um, and it's uh, like a tropical little hut. It's at night, and so all you see is yep. like the topical That's little the one, yep. silhouettes, and someone is like whistling, you know, yep, or something. And then they turn on one of the trees, and that commercial, like, and so one of the palm trees is dressed up, like, yeah, that's exactly yes, that's what I was thinking of. And they never have redone it. It's like running of the ad itself has become a. Um, a bit of a tradition. So I, I, they set themselves up. So it's timeless as well. Like there's no, there's no technology in there. There's no, nothing crazy. And in a lot of ways, I think the original Peter comes home could work that same way. Mm -hmm. Like sure. He gets out of a cab, but the cabs are still a thing. Like maybe it's an Uber now, but I mean, that he's using like a ride share, like heading a ride. That's timeless. He doesn't come in and, and, do anything that's like so outdated. In fact, it's like charming that it's an old coffee maker and that. Well, you know, there's also the the age disparity of him and the young wo- the girl is. And it works. To and it t- works. Yeah. But we don't know if Peter's an uncle, an older brother, um, right. some guy they know. Like we don't. It, it's we just know they're very excited that he not only showed up but he made coffee too. And that's a thing. You don't have to know that he's an older brother right. or an uncle or whatever. Like, I think I always assumed it was a, a, like an older brother. Right. And like he could be that old granny's like hot piece that came back, yeah. you know? Then they had the family's like, you know what? They may be 40 years difference, but we're happy. She's happy. Right. We're happy. Exactly. Exactly. So, so if anyone does not know what we're talking about out there, <laughs> I don't recommend enough. We talked about the original. You can go look for that. Now we're, we'll move on to the new one. Take a look or a listen. I must have the wrong house. Sister. (laughs) Oh, I missed you so much. They waited up all night for you, you know. It's a long way from West Africa. Oh, coffee. Kiss here. I brought you something from far away. (laughs) Really? Oh, What are you doing? You're my present this year. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. So now you've had your chance to watch that little spot that was this this is a whole thing. So many questions. (laughs) So yeah. We've We've already asked the question, why redo it? Right? Like we've already sort of address the fact that the original Peter comes home feels like it could be timeless. It's Mm -hmm. like kind of magical, whatever. So let's move past that question. Let's say someone I'm putting my ad hat on now. I've been in, I mean, as you know, here's my personal plug. As you know, I'm a writer, I'm a musician. Like that's sort of how I've operated as a creative. 
in the past few years. Something mm-hmm. that I have never talked about on this show is that for the past like 12, 13 years, I've also been an ad writer. I mean, my day right. job is like, all right, writing ads. And um, so I can, from the very get-go, I think I can picture the pitch. I think I can picture the pitch of someone saying, okay, the old Peter Comes Home commercial is iconic. Let's let's do Rev 2 that's a little bit more modernized. Mm-hmm. And then somebody raises their hand and says, well, we just don't want to like reshoot the whole thing. Like, what's the more modern twist? And that's the first, that's where I think this thing derailed before they even right. before they even said action on the first shot. You know? Well, I think there's probably someone in there who said, we got to make it sexier. And that's, and didn't realize what they, I think they just went like, let's put some hotter people in this. Yeah, Didn't maybe. realize where it was going to go. Like, I feel like that was a focus in this as well. So here's what I wonder what happened. Uh, and I mean, this is pure speculation. But to me, the obvious um, like refresh would be have the have the Peter character. I don't mm. know what his name is in the second one. I don't think he, he's just guy who shows up from guy. West Africa. Right. Like, I think it would be just like probably more resonant. And the obvious choice would be he comes home in fatigues with his with his like army duffel. And it's like kind of obvious that, okay, he's, he's home for the first time in 18 yeah. months or something. You come through the door. It does not I, like the, the, if, if it's that the age of the other person doesn't matter. Like the, the obvious gravity of him coming home in like a military uniform, mm-hmm. I think right there almost fixes everything. I mean, like, because, well, there's someone in the room that's going to be like the military might turn off some people. And when we sell it to overseas mark overseas markets, they're not going to want to see an American soldier coming into things. Exactly. So there goes the fatigue. There might go the fatigue. Some, some companies be like, screw it. Uh, the, the Christmas crowd is a lot. Maybe more conservative, or something. like I don't know. These are and whether you, yeah. don't get offended at how we're talking. We're talking how marketing rooms talk here. So oh, exactly, they're ugly. So even the say. most even the most liberal people in a marketing room <laughs> sound awful, um, stereotypy, and all sorts of. These are the conversations they have. You'd be stunned um, if you're unfamiliar with this. How it's it's like a. Um, when you get into the politicians and their polling and stuff and the conversations they have about certain groups they need to, it goes, it, it goes, it comes down there in marketing too, as well as movie pre-planning, things like that. So um, apologies if, if we spin one way or whatever, but we're trying to recreate the, the marketing right. sense of this. But yeah, so yeah, the military, yeah, that would solve it immediately. Or if there was some more mention of wet than West Africa, because According to the people who made this, it was just supposed to be assumed he was doing some sort of not missions work, but some sort of Peace Corps Peace work. Yeah. But like West Africa, like, well, what was he doing there? Like, it, this it is a good moment, right, to plug that GQ article. So, if anyone yes. really wants to go down the rabbit hole on on the remake of this commercial, mm-hmm. GQ did an interview where they. They interviewed as many people involved as possible to see. There, there's a surprise person that shows up in that too. Uh, Timothy Simons, who played Jonah on Veep, was the guy who ran camera in the casting sessions for this. That, that was so funny. And he's like, "Wow, of course, I, of course, you're talking about this in my career." But he also mentioned a uh, KFC ad he was in um, as well. That was a bit caused a bit of stir like this, but not as huge. But 
Um, but yeah, he ends up, he's the camera guy for the casting sessions. He never went to the set, but when people go in a room and read for people, he was hitting record on that and sitting there. But he also said like the two people that get cast were clearly the best people. Like they came in and he had nothing but positive things to say about their energy. Yeah. And I believe it. Um, I'm a former casting producer on a previous life on reality shows and stuff. And I can Mm -hmm. see, I can see. I don't think. I don't think the casting is is off here. No, uh, and these two fo- these two folks didn't disappear. Um, yeah. Matthew Allen plays the the boy. He is still working to this day. He's been on shows like Castle Rock, um, other things. Catherine Combs, which everything has missed about her here. She she's had some a solid career, not huge parts and a lot of things or anything, but she is horror and Star Trek royalty because her father's Jeffrey Combs who played the reanimator in those reanimator movies as well as he had a he had a recurring role on Star Trek um I think Deep Space Deep Space Nine or Voyager or something like that so like he's a well-known actor so she's she um she's from that and nobody's picked up on that and, and all the articles I read I'm like wait she has declined to talk about it but um I'm like, wait, did no one like do this one second of like combs, combs? Hmm. Oh, it is his daughter. But very interesting. So yeah. So that's who the the daughter character is. And she was also before this, she was one of the uh girls uh in thirteen going on thirty, uh in the eighties, Jennifer Garner's when she was a younger girl, one of her friends from back then. Interesting. Well, so if we set casting aside, because I think like everybody that they interviewed agrees, like these were were two great folks. I think this is where, I think this is where writing really did a disservice. Oh yeah, like, like right off the bat, we were talking about this right before we hit record. Right off the bat, the line where he like first he opens the door and he's like, I think I have the wrong house. Like the it's like mm, yeah. yeah, and then it's then it's responded with sister. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> who says that. No, it's so not like it, believable. It's like that was added on set because they're like, we need to just say sister so they know they're not like they say that they say in this that no one making it had the vibes that it put right. off. But why would you throw the awkward line of sister as if I not know. to discern that, hey, this isn't romantic? Yeah. No, I feel like, and I just put my writer head on here. Wouldn't it have been a little bit more like, wouldn't the gravity have hit more if the opening line, I mean, I know they're not going to say like, oh my God or something, but I think about mm-hmm. what would happen in real life. Like if I've been away from home for two years or something mm-hmm. and and I get home and my sister is there to open the door and everyone else is, in, is asleep, I literally think my reaction is probably like, oh my God, like you, you got so tall. Yeah. And why like, isn't he pointing that? He's flirting. Right. He's like, well, right. who's here? Why, why isn't it like an overwhelming rush of emotion? I think I'd probably start like crying. <laughs> you yeah. know? I wouldn't be like, hey, uh, is this the right house? Because you got older and hotter. <laughs> you have you have boobs now, huh? Mm. No, it's like just, it's it's yeah. so how it plays off. And just throwing like nobody, if you were writing, no one would be like points at chess, says sister. Like no. I know. So the, so I think we were saying this right before him, but like that line sister is like the first major red flag. Or she opens the door. They have a weird look at each other and she says, brother. And she, and he goes, sister. 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of like ways oh, to. You're right. It you're just right. it's just pointing and going like sister. Like it's so. That's a wild. That's a wild way. Like that feels like an onset fix of like wait we need to establish that they're related. It does feel like like a last minute ad. So. I know I'm going to ask you, I kind of know the answer here, but like, how do you think the discussion in that writer room went when they were like, wait, why can't it be like an older brother coming home from college? And there's like this kind of like lanky, awkward 13 year old, like little brother who very clearly like is just hit a growth spurt, like super thin, like tall and kind of make like, it two boys like, instead of a. Yeah. Like, would that not have been like. Kind of like, uh, like get over your knucklehead situation. Holy cow, you're so tall. Yeah, it's that like, works. That, that feels like it could have also solved this whole thing. But I get that. Yeah, that someone probably raised their hand and was like, "Hey, there's a diversity thing here." Yeah, both genders. I don't know. I don't know. Or reverse it. The uh, the older sister comes back. Maybe it's not as creepy. Right. No. Exactly. I granted I we're two males speaking about this, uh, but. I, I would think, because it almost, like, you've seen this, like, this is like Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt, or one of those movies where that relative that's been gone for a while comes back and they're up to no good, there's something weird going on, you know, like, this is this is the start of a thriller, uh, almost, where it's like, whoa, and because, like, there's this thing, have you seen Shadow of a Doubt from Hitchcock? Uh, not Okay, really. there, it, there's this girl and her uncle who's a no good fucking owes gangsters like all this stuff decides to hide out he hasn't been home in years and stuff and there's this his little niece has grown up and she's all like enamored with him being back there everybody's excited and like she ends up you know falling like being all about him but then like she discovers that he's a piece of shit and it's a really weird thing but um but it kind of has that vibe to it as well and i'm like this is supposed to be wholesome this is a, yeah. uh, but this, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Two brothers that were two sisters. Two right. sisters. No, I'm with you. I'm um, with you. and nothing gets, I mean, well, you know what? We could have the people being like, man, this is, uh, this is giving off uh male to male or uh female to female vibes too. So it could go that way, even if we gendered up. But I think yeah. the age disparity would be key. If you could make the ages where like a little kid would be like, sister, I can see that. But a girl that's, 16 17 being like like that's that feels out of age it feels like they're they're wanting that older commercial but they cast too old and kept the lines okay agree completely i feel like there you could i i'm sure what they said was hey we already did like 19 year old or 20 year old and little kid back when you cast a 30 year old as a 22 year old yes right right. (laughs) Well, I still think to myself, all right, you still could have widened the age gap, mm-hmm. you know, and made it different from the first one. Like, I really right. do, like, along the lines of, like, a 10 or 11-year-old, like, just hitting that growth spurt, like, completely, like, my kids, I got a 10-year-old, and, like, people all the time are like, oh, my gosh, how'd she get that tall? Like, yeah. I just saw her last year, you know? Like, it does not have to be a 16 or 17-year-old girl and a 22-year-old like boy like that right the age difference i like again i know that we like the casting choices but i like them for their abilities not for how far apart they are in age that could have been done a little differently what but, if like they opened the door and she just hugged him right away 
which I think would is what would happen. I think that's what would happen. So let's move now into the kitchen. We've talked about the front door. <laughs> let's move into the kitchen where I am bothered by like Folgers like, happens. Yeah, yeah. Like there's I, I don't I don't know that I love the line like, oh, they don't like real coffee. Don't have that in West Africa or whatever he said. No, he doesn't say he doesn't diss West West Africa, but he just they mention it as they're walking in the kitchen. Yeah. And then oh, yeah, it's a long way from West Africa. Yeah. And then he goes, Oh, real coffee. Like and that's a diss. Me, yeah. Part of me feels like a diss. The other part of me feels like, is that the Folgers value prop? Like if I'm again, mm. putting my ad hat on, is your marketing message really Folgers real coffee? <laughs> Like to me, no. From a factory, like, right? To me, yeah, it's freeze dyed coffee crystals. Like to me, I thought I thought Folgers was like the value prop was like, you know, great taste, quick cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like like get it fast, affordable, affordable, quick cup of like homemade. You know, like, if you go to someone's house, they might have it too. Like it's a reliable, right. reliable. That's it. That's cheap, it. Reliable. Cheap and reliable. Cheap right. and reliable. Yes. So like would like couldn't I feel like a line could have better served them instead of like mm, real coffee. I feel like like even something like oh, smells like home or something. Yes. Something like yeah. Way more like said like like told the story more. Didn't even have to mention West Africa. <laughs> yeah, because the like, guy the guy working in the Peace Corps probably isn't going to be all like corporate America Folgers, baby. Exactly. Exactly. And or, I, the whole Peace Corps narrative thing. Yeah. Only reason we know that is we read the article and like got the backstory. Like they, there's they no, expected us to get that. Yeah. Right. Like the fact that he says West Africa, like I, I found myself being like, oh, yeah, like mission or not a vacation. I mean, he could have said northern Ontario and it'd be the same thing. Exactly. The way same this thing. commercial is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know why this bothers me, but like she like sits on the counter or something, right? She like kind of like hops up and sits on the counter. And oh, that, that, so it's the the framing and blocking really don't do this much service. Agree. It's flirty and on her face just like smiling and watching him or a they're, little. They're really close, and he's kind of paying attention down here, like he's nervous about something yeah. when they're talking, and it's just it is. This is how you, this is like a romantic comedy pose, like or something, yeah, like you know, exactly. this is the big moment, and like, and the way they cut to their face, it's it's like, what do you? It, it's this is, I mean, this is on the director, not the writer at this point. Yeah, there's some we, we've talked about some weird writing, but like that, it's funny. This GQ article, because the writer of this has passed away, they seem to throw a lot onto oh, the writer okay. because he can't respond. Yeah. And they're like, well, he was just writing some wholesome thing. And I'm like, you directed this. He did not storyboard this. I, he did not <laughs> direct the actors. He did not block the scene. Because that's where it goes off the what rails. We have our questions about how it was written. And I even question one line being, that might that sounds like onset fix improv. Right. Yeah. Um, but they, they really kindly throw this guy under the bus for the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing that it charms me about that GQ article is how this does feel like they're they're all nice people. And they all are like, uh, you know, part of me wishes that I was in a 
commercial back in the aughts that Mm -hmm. went viral for whatever reason. I mean, like no one would be talking about this if it right. So this is doing this is doing more lifting than soldiers ever expected. They wanted this ad to air and go away like that. Yeah, yeah. They probably said in the like writer room, not in the writer room, in the marketing room. They probably said like, "This is great. We'll do a new one of these every five or six years, and we'll like it'll be like a series." Mm -hmm. like we'll get excited about oh the latest one in the series is coming out or whatever and we'll we can like evolve the story evolve the characters a little bit and uh you gotta believe that that this that the 2009 version just killed that idea everywhere was like oh okay we're not gonna do well and it's funny too because like matthew allen like he's not some superstar uh catherine copes but i bet this commercial campaign paid them more than a lot of their acting gigs have because I those things, it's Folgers one, so they have money. And because I know I had a, a friend of a friend landed a Bud Light series of ads for a Super Bowl, and then they ended up canning the campaign. But he still got hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for an ads that he was yep. in. He was in like four ads, never ran. Residuals on the stuff, and then the, throw that on the ones that do run. Yeah. Like the residuals, I, I used to, I did a temp job back in <clears> California when we were out there. Uh, I just like needed, our band wasn't playing at the time. And mm-hmm. I, I think I'd started TV shows yet. I'm trying to remember, but I I got a temp job in like, in a company that the only function of this company was after, after a a production closed down after the first release, this company managed all the finances on residuals. So Mm -hmm. that's like one niche was uh, like, give us, give us your, your stuff. And we'll like calculate every residual or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was always, and it was big stuff. I remember we had, um, I'm pretty sure we had the movie elf. And like, I remember going, Oh, that that's a good one because that that one every year hits a spike. Yeah. Right. Uh, we had Sopranos. Uh, we had like American Idol. So at the time, American Idol was like shown in something like like 200 countries worldwide, oh, and geez. it would like show at like 4 a.m. in Indonesia for like half an hour. And I was always astounded at the check we were cutting for Simon, Randy, and Paula because of that tiny like not even the full hour right right that they don't (laughs) even know about that like simon and randy and paul don't even like know about yeah but we're sending them a check for however much you know and and especially something like elf that is timeless in the sense that every christmas it becomes a hit again Mm -hmm. um i was always just astounded at the size of these checks even the smaller checks Mm -hmm. where it's like oh we're only cutting a thousand dollars for paula abdul it's like yeah for like a thing that happened when she was asleep halfway around the world and like she's going to get 50 checks like this over the course of the year that's not nothing you know it's not riches but if you find yourself in a commercial if you find yourself yeah. in something that does run over time mm-hmm. it's like my last thing is i have i know a guy who is a child actor he's grown up now yeah but he was in like the wonder years mr belvedere all that stuff and he wasn't sean baca was it because i i had a friend who was in the wonder years uh I don't remember anything. He was a child actor, but he was one of Fred Savage's buddies in the Wonder Years. I'm pretty so. sure my guy was a bully in the Wonder Years. Maybe. Oh, okay. He a lot of bully back then. Gotcha. But he, um, I mean, until very recently, he still saw like 
small checks on all those. You never know when they're mm-hmm. happening in somewhere, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I, I, well, I had a friend, he was in the wind talkers uh, mm-hmm. and he, he was a background soldier in the movie. And then they had him do for the uh, Latino du- uh, dubs and stuff for Spain and Mexico and all that so different countries. He did the Spanish voiceovers for a lot of it. And like, he got residuals for, for a good, like four or five years. He got some nice checks yeah. For the Wind Talkers, which is not a wasn't a big hit movie, didn't do any awards buzz, but just right. for that, he had like some nice cash to rely on for some years that would come in every couple months or so. But then, like all of a sudden, it started. Like he showed me one; it was for like fifteen cents one time. Right. He's like, "Yep, this this has run its course." So, yeah. but yeah. He, he used to make some solid money just based on that one movie. That wasn't like oh. Rents paid this month, but it was some nice money for being just in the background and doing some uh, dubs for a different uh, for a different language. Right. So, so on a on a commercial like this that isn't airing mm-hmm. and producing residuals, I would love to know what the actor's opinion on is on like the lasting legacy. To me. And this is just me as an optimist. To me, I would kind of say like, okay, sure. I, I know she, she, uh, the female actress Combs, right? She mm-hmm. denied the, um, she denied the GQ interview. But she, she might not have had the time. So when they put denied, right. it doesn't mean like I'm never talking about this. And like I have a shoot. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have yeah, time for this. Fair. You know, like that could have been, yeah. Surely they're on a deadline anyway. <laughs> and she might not have understood, you know, it she they might have talked to never talked to her. They might have talked to her agent, manager, so and so and so and so, and they preemptively said no. Because there are people that despite despite Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger openly talking and being okay about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. All right. Their people still are very up in arms about it. I did a, a Blu-ray review for it years ago. It came out collector's edition, and I posted my review. And then somebody working on it contacted me and needed to immediately confirm whether any bit, like if Matthew or Renee appeared in any of the bonus features, like not that they weren't, they didn't come back and do interviews, but just clips from the movie that showed them in these new bonus features. Oh. And I was like, well, you see Matthew's leg in a shot, and there's one where Renee's got her back to it, and she turns and it fades. And they were like, hmm, this might delay the release. And I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like wow. this movie is like 30 years old now, but I'm like, wow, they're still up in arms. Like it exists, everybody right. knows about it. Move on, but it would, and. And the person told me, it's like, it's not Matthew and, and Renee doing this. It's their it's people. Us. And they have, I was like, okay, like they, their people are very protective of them and yeah. still think this movie is some sort of like it. You're in a franchise, a loved horror franchise. It's coming up all the time, regardless. Embrace right. it. And Matthew's embraced it on things. Like he's talked about it. And so is Renee Zellweger. But it's their people will come after but i felt it full force i was like jesus so you never know her people might have protected but thinking they were protecting her and she'd be like oh i look like an ass now i would have talked about that when she sees if she saw the article so you never know so i wonder though to me if this had been me part of me would have been like uh it's a shame that like when people hear Folgers and the words Folgers and incest they think of my face they call it folger cest that is a term yes however if I go into an audition and 
I've worked hard to prep that audition and the, the, you know, director and the casting producers and the, everybody's sitting there mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, press, uh, let's see here. Mm, all this looks good. Oh my gosh. You're the guy in the commercial. Yeah. You're the guy in the Folgers commercial. Like part of me, I think I'd kind of be like, yeah, I didn't expect it to go that way. Right. Yep. But, um, but they still talk about it. And they're my, talking about something I'm in. I'm a recognizable face. In, yeah. And it can't go away. And like, Whatever, like, sure, you know, I I walk out of that room confident that they will not forget my audition. And to me, that's like, that's got to be worth a little something. Well, here's you know? the thing, too. Like, also, Matthew Allen uh, and the director, Ray Dillman, um, they're still working and they are also not megastars. So they are only going to speak lightly and positively because there's still people out there trying to do work and they're trying to work with people if you talk to let's say this was the the big jump starring vehicle for like miles teller i'm sure he'd be like he'd be a bit more right brutal which timothy simons is the most brutal of them in through the interview talking about he's very nice about he doesn't bash any personal player but he's okay with being like this ridiculous, you know, he's got the more feels like honest tone of the bunch that they're yeah. interviewing. So yeah. I feel like this is partially, you know, fine. I'll, you know, and it has, you know, to be honest, like that guy for him now, that's one of the biggest things in his career that people know him by is for Matthew Allen and Ray yeah. Dillman. He's like, I make commercials on the go. I'm glad that something of my work has stuck with people, I guess, because he doesn't have, you know, right. he never made Dune. He never, you know, he, he's not making Barbie like, He's making these commercials, and to have one that people remember, hey, sure, even if it's laughable, but there's a whole community of people that ironically or unironically have embraced this. So there's an honesty, and then there's an also, I'm going to be careful with what I say to this as well. So that would be my guess, but... So let's let's move on to the moment of, like... Like the moment she sticks the bow on him, says, you're my present. Yeah, he hands her the present. And then there's that like tight shot and me. (laughs) Yep. Boop. No, uh, yeah, like there's no tension breaker. Right. There's nothing. It gets quiet. It goes from eyes looking at it. Like the close up of looking at the eyes, like, like, I don't know. He needed to do something to retaliate with the bow. Like. I agree. Like he needed to like take it and pop it on her head or something, or like there needed to be a comedic tension breaker with I that. Agree. Instead, they embrace a look, and it's like, I know. this isn't Game I, of Thrones, okay? Like <laughs> I can, I can imagine again, like putting on my ad writer hat. Mm-hmm. I can. I mean, you're always looking for that little hook or that little twist or that that thing that's like, oh there's like a different perspective here that I haven't yeah. been this entire time until right now. Oh, I get it. You know, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I feel like whenever I've been coming up with headlines or ad lines or concepts for ads or whatever, I, I feel like there have been many moments where I'm like, I got it. And as for, for lack of a better comparison, it's like, I got it. She puts the bow on him, says, I don't need the gift. Like your, you being here is enough. Like, boom. Not a dry eye in the house. Mm-hmm. We're gonna love it. And then I feel like I've taken that 
like, you know, the whole idea of ad writing, I feel like is volume. You come up with idea Mm -hmm. after idea, after idea, idea. you take it into a pitch. People like it where I really trip nothing against that writer, but this is where I trip on like how on earth was, um, how on earth did they not pull that back out like a day or two later and be like, Oh wait. Uh, okay, hang on. Like, it didn't read this. They have the headshots and go, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this, you know? But somewhere along the line, they pitch the idea. They're like, and then she takes the bow, she puts it on him and says, You're my present. And like, the boardroom, like, during the pitch, at some point, kind of looks around and goes, like, (laughs) That is it. You know, like, they had to pitch it and sell it somehow. And that's what I continually like struggle <laughs> finding a real moment <laughs> and you know it's like, what, if, what if here's you're my present this year and then he opens the box and there's a ring goes will you be mine <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh yeah i wonder here's production side of it okay what if they go they get into the editing room and they don't have enough coverage to end this 30 second spot and that's where the close-ups. They're like, because I'm sure they shot, oh, right. they shot, they shot one wider or medium, right. and then they did close-ups on each of them during the lines, and then they get in there and they're like, "This is 24 seconds. We need 30." <laughs> right. We can't just show the logo for six seconds. No. Like. Yeah, right. I. I. Maybe that that was a an editing room choice because they're like we have to fill this and that's someone's decision and someone who's probably cranking out editing ads all day long. Didn't think about it. Cranked it. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. They get it. Like, Oh, cute. And then, you know, the clueless guys like, Oh, cute. They're like, the boardroom's like, yeah, fine. And then they, because the boardroom is probably the most clueless of them that okays it all to go through. And some, I bet someone had to brought that up. Like, does it look incesting? Nah, no one cares. Three seconds. They're not even paying attention. And and here we go. But like, I wonder if it's an editing room decision because they lacked coverage and the shot sh- the spot came up too short, too short. And they they maybe I don't know. They got to get place to place to place. They can't like that was the spot to to add the time in. But they could have had mom and dad. Maybe they tried. Maybe they like, hey, added mom and dad waking up as much as they could. Maybe they added coming down right. the stairs as much as they could. And they're like, the only place we can do is insert a couple looks. And so I just at least he didn't go, at least he didn't look and go. <laughs> that would have been so gorgeous. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just, while you were talking without the sound on, I just yep. rewatched and like counted shots at the yeah. end. And she, you, none of it appears to be voiceover. You see him say, like, what's this for? Whatever, like, with the bow. Then you like shots on her. You see mm-hmm. her say, "You're my present this year," and then really there it goes straight from her smiling, saying that to him. And this is where I think the shot goes wrong, or like the storyboard goes wrong, because it goes back to him, and he kind of like he like looks at her and smiles, and like lingers one second too long, and then he like diverts his eyes, like kind of sheepishly, like you know, like. You could almost mistaken it for like a batting of the eye. What if they just burst out laughing instead, both of them? Right. Why not just burst out laughing? I feel like that's that. And then mom and dad like, 
Well, then, then you see a shot of mom and dad come in, and yeah. then and then they they go over to a different angle, and that's when that's when you finally see the rush of emotion that we've been waiting for this whole time. Because like his embrace, yeah, on the actor, like his like the embrace feels true and feels like genuine mm-hmm. for someone who hasn't seen their parents in two or three years or whatever his like the story is supposed to be, and then it fades out on them hugging, and it's just like still shot of the coffee cup with the steam next to the coffee maker and the folders right there. yeah uh, but yeah you think to yourself i love your your thought it's like why isn't his response just like burst out laughing that would be that would be equally cheesy and more harmless yeah they were like, <laughs> or like if he took the ball off and like threw it at her yeah like <laughs> like it wouldn't have been rocket science but it definitely would have done a lot to diffuse the moment Damn. but as it is the moment was never diffused yeah, no, it was it was taken in a whole wild world whirlwind of joy. This is a, 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 a just a definition of editing and and stuff. How yeah. things are important, how they play, and <clears throat> the actors can only do like they're only playing how they're being told to play. In right. a commercial, you don't have much wiggle. I mean, you do probably have some, but like they're only being given given so much with such a little storyline. I'm sure they probably come up with some idea themselves to get into the character in the moment, but it's just standard characters they're playing and they're probably, they're probably just doing, they said it was what a 12 hour day. They got this yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, they made a memory. They, they surely memory did. They, right. they surely did. And there's been like what fan fiction about this, like video, like parody I mean, videos, it- like, if anybody out there wants to go further down the rabbit hole, you find, I mean, the best one I think that I found is, is, is that somebody like did a whole like well shot, uh, like sketch where mm-hmm. it continues. The parents come down and berate him for coming home. <laughs> they sent him off to West Africa to get him away from his oh, the, yeah. clearly attracted to or something. It's funny. And, yeah. And like you ask yourself during that 12 hour shoot originally, did they ever like think there was going to be a lasting power to this because of that? Like, no. And would it have ever spurned fan fiction and like articles mm-hmm. and like people kind of like using it in like mocking it in comedy routines? Right. Like, in one way, as we were saying earlier, in one way, that's kind of the dream to like, yeah, it goes viral in a way that you don't expect and keeps you memorable. I don't yeah. know. In a way, like even if it's, I mean, embrace it. Like it's not, you know. Right. It's my, it's funny. My friend Maranzio is a stand-up com- comedian. He, um, his biggest thing. I mean, he's been on shows. He was on Last Comic Standing, all this stuff. But like his biggest thing is, uh, he's he's a meme of the guy talking to a brick wall. That's him. Wow. That's he's like, God damn it. <laughs> that's yeah. my, my wow. thing. But like every time you see the the guy like standing there with the brick wall like that, that's him. Um, Huh. But that's like probably his like one of his. I mean, he's constantly working. He he yeah. uh, he he does stand up with some of the biggest names you've ever heard of and all this stuff. But like that's the sticking thing that wow. that he's had um, with a lot of his stuff. But that's yeah. And you know, well, some people wish they could have that. You know, yeah. I mean, there's even there's even a game called What Would You Meme Now? Like that. Right. It's right. been out for years, but like. 
you're now a board game. You're all the, and the people do follow ups, follow up articles, and with these people, some of them get convention appearances, stuff like that. It's, I mean, you know, uh, the D's nuts guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he does personal appearances. He was down at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Indy. Oh wow! Stuff. Okay. And uh, one of my buddies was in there when he came in, and the whole place just like standing ovation immediately. Yeah. You know, and. You said some people hope for that. I would argue that I think most people most, try yeah. to be a professional, you know, actor or you know somebody using their personality to to make money. I feel like I feel like a lot of them would would take this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some of them that are artists, and that's not what they were going for, and it can spurn so, them. So not to go on like too much of a tangent, but I don't know enough about Heath Ledger to know mm-hmm. this. But it's like I feel like from what I read, he never really regretted Ten Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. because it like launched a career, but he also didn't ever want to like make another Ten Things I Hate About You. Like he right. was like, I did the thing. Now I'm gonna go off and like do the other stuff, but I, I can't go do the other stuff. I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have had the opportunities mm-hmm. had I not had like a hit rom-com first. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like that would be a healthy way to look at this and be like, all right, I was in this commercial, uh, like good budget, high quality shoot, really mm-hmm. talented people all around me. And we did it and it went viral for the wrong reason. Like everyone thought that, yeah, brother and sister sleeping together that part sucks i never need to do it again but now i'm memorable in every audition i have and people ask me about this thing that happened like you know now 13 14 years ago it's like so so yeah there was a girl i i i I had um she was on my old podcast but i kept in touch with her a little bit and she's i was gonna have her on this one but it didn't work out at one point um but her name is Sarah Priebus, and she, uh, I, I discovered her during, um, she's an actor, um, I discovered her during the, you remember when everybody was playing that trivia game on your phone? Yeah. And, and they had, like, the guy host, and there's the girl, she was the girl host, and they would, I mean, like, The Rock was on at one time, like, they everybody got on their phones twice a day for this trivia game, and you could win money and all this stuff. Um right forget what it's called but it was based out of uh philadelphia i guess but so she actually her big claim to fame was she was in a commercial like this right. she she didn't know what the product really was but she because she pronounced it wrong when she was reading the paperwork but it was my shiny hiney and it was a it was like this like bath stuff to clean your rear end or whatever and she got there and was like she had to do a shower scene all this stuff and i was like oh my god she's like you know what I'm going to do it. No one's going to see it. And she ended up uh, being on Ellen for it and stuff because it became a phenomenon. And But she's like, you know what? People knew who I was. Like, you know, I have that. It was the embarrassment of it um, was actually something good for me and all that. So, like, wow. um, But she was the my shiny hiney girl is what her thing was for for some time. But very interesting. But yeah, that was her. That was her. like step into to fame was was that wow well i hope that's how the actors of the folders i would think so matthew allen like this was his first union gig like because he worked on a commercial with ray dillman uh that was non-union before that's how they met and he brought him into he wanted him to read for this um and so i don't know if he got like 
his SAG card or whatever when he did yeah. this commercial, but um, this was his first professional gig, and so he's and people remember it. So he's I think he's somewhat grateful. Um, I think his stuff's probably genuine about it at this point, but you know, cool. Thirty seconds oh. is a lifetime for yeah. For this, no you know? kidding. Well, I despite everything that's happened. <laughs> I am still sort of here for the premise. I'm not saying you need to remake mm-hmm. Here Comes Home necessarily again, but I I still am romanticized by the idea that... And, and we need now, a trilogy. We need a trilogy. I mean, <laughs> I and I am kind of romanticized by now from a different angle. I mean, I'm a parent now, and uh, and our kids like are at the age where they've started like sleeping in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think to myself, well, gosh, what happens when our oldest kid goes away to school? I can't really picture in this day and age a kid showing up at the house before we're awake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, like given the fact that like my childhood home had those coffee smells, the sound of our like old percolator, we had this gigantic coffee thing. And I remember lying in bed and hearing that going and thinking like, oh, mom and dad must be up, you know, and uh uh, from that angle, now the angle of the parent. Yeah, I think to myself like that. That that probably would make me cry. Like yeah. if our eldest came home and our youngest was there to meet them, and I ran downstairs and there they were. They'd already have the coffee and they're sitting on the couch and they're chatting or something. I would be like, like that would be it. So I I'm, I think the premise still stands. And when you say we need a trilogy, I will never argue against it. I mean, <laughs> I'd love to see something a little less like insane. Well, you know what I would do? I would, I would cast. I'd see if I could cast Matthew Allen and Catherine Combs to be the parents in bed that come down in the morning. <laughs> oh man! So if you know, you know. But most people right. probably have no idea. Right. Because well, I I think I mean, while while we're lear- we've learned a lot now, but like. This whole I, phenomenon was an internet thing. Yes. And we call it, like the internet does not dictate anything, as we've seen like box office wise, TV show wise. While it gets oh, everybody's talking about it, I'm like you have curated yourself to see nothing but talking about it, and it's really not as so like this phenomenon. If you went to a person randomly at work or, or on the street or a restaurant, and be like, you remember that Folgers commercial that coming? Let's see. You know, like, because I don't think it's as general. So I would put them in it as a parent just as a little Easter egg for the people who knew. Wow. Uh, well, I feel like I would love. Well, first, has SNL ever sent this up? I feel like if they did it, they have to have at some point. But uh, I don't know because that's what I'm saying. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. But I would love it if. They did this. If they, they, I, I'm down for reshooting the original Peter Comes Home now. Yeah. More modern. Uh, like the, the person shows up in a Prius hybrid Uber or something instead of a taxi, like comes in. Yes. Like hits the curing, make like coffee maker instead of like making a pot of coffee. Alexa, make coffee. Right. Exactly. But I would, I think it would be epic if it was like big stars, like, like big stars. Like if, if uh you know like it's zach efron coming home and like i don't know enough kid actors <laughs> but like some like disney kid like and zach efron meets the disney kid and then like the rock and jennifer garner come downstairs and like <laughs> oh <laughs> you know like that i i don't know I think sally I'm- field sally field is the grandma 
Right. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. I know that would never happen. That's my pipe dream. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could do Ellie that. Field and Brad Pitt are the 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 grandparents. That would be good. There you um, go. Brad, Brad Pitt's still a little young to be a grandfather. I think I'd probably. No, he's old. Him. He could be a grandfather. He's, of a kid that old though. Yeah. Actually, is he sixty today? Happy birthday. Birthday, Brad. If you're watching. Well, not the day this comes out, but. Yeah, he yeah he had sixty years yesterday. Oh, yesterday, yesterday, Brad. Yesterday. Happy birthday yesterday, man. Yeah, so I know. I know you're not into returning my text. Just let let it be known. Happy birthday. Big fan of the show, though. Listener sends a lots of critiques all the time. <laughs> lots of suggestions. Lots of suggestions. I'll tell you what. I uh, I don't think I know anybody who likes unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Brad Pitt was giving me unsolicited advice, I think I'd be like, oh, this whole episode has been a lot of unsolicited. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We have Monday morning quarterback that commercial so hard into the ground. I imagine not that I expect anybody who ever had anything to do with a commercial will ever hear this, but you got to believe that if the director or one of the actors or somebody was listening to this, especially when we were critiquing the edit or the marketing room or the writing room mm-hmm. or whatever, you got to believe that those guys are just like, Shut up, you assholes. <laughs> we had those conversations, pricks. Like, yeah, like you don't know anything. <laughs> and so I'm here to say, if you've made it this far in the podcast, Mr. Director, sir, uh, I admit it. I know nothing about this. And it's thank a, you for this really, wonderful gift that is the yeah, commercial a, that has so fueled our talk. conversation. So fun to talk about. All it. right. Okay. Well, that'll, that'll do it for us. Uh, Prez, uh, thank you for once again. Sprinkling the holiday spirit. My pleasure. Um, but where can people keep up with you this time of year? And what's a what's a holiday rec, uh, recommendation recommendation to watch? Yeah, uh, well, definitely check out the original Peter Comes Home. That's uh, I've watched it every year. I watch the original Star Wars holiday special just for the camp of it. But mm-hmm. I'm really glad my kids have like embraced uh, Ernest Saves Christmas the way oh, that there you I. Go. When I was young, I thought that movie was hilarious. It's not that, like, it's not amazing, but it's good mm-hmm. enough. Um, and, of course, I know we talked about it last year, but my last holiday record is the Muppet Family Christmas. You can find it on YouTube. And there it's you super, go. Super charming. You can follow me on Instagram at PressMaxon. Uh, you can follow me for free on Substack. And I send a about a weekly newsletter and anyone who upgrades to paid, the donation goes to the Jewish Agency's Fund for the Victims of Terror. And for only five bucks a month, you get not just the free newsletter, but then you get like not really a podcast episode, but you get audio of me doing a live reading of that post, plus like some extra stuff, whether it's music or like a little interview or like a little anecdote. The episodes are only like 15 minutes long. And um, that's that's a good place to to follow press max and all right i f- i subscribe to substack as well Do you? Oh, yes yeah. thank you i'm late this week because i just i spent i was out of town last week and gotcha. uh but spoiler alert this week it might be about a certain folgers commercial oh, there we go there <laughs> as we a go. companion piece as a companion piece to this podcast there we go excellent all right uh i'm uh on the socials at brand4kuhd um be sure to subscribe subscribe to the youtube channel this is my this is my first episode post leaving why so blue that i've recorded so i'm no longer there uh, i meant to say congratulations yeah. on the move and i realize that's a big thing for you but um but you've got 
a lot of big things in the hopper, obviously. So I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's just it. It was like something. Like yeah, it was just a lot. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, all right. It's just it's been a few years of the baking, but I was finally able to have the courage to uh, move myself forward on that. Um, Scott and I have the Aquaman two episode coming up at some point. Um, we just it's holidays, and that movie came out. At, well, as I'm recording, it has not come out yet, but uh, we got to see it, and then we'll record. I also have we'll also have the top ten films of 2023 episode with Chris Johnson of the Normies coming back. Um, we're both going to give our top tens and uh, let's see Christmas recommendation. Oh, da, 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 da. Uh, I always want to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know why. I mean, that's I always that's that's that's, uh, that's one. And I was watching uh, this week. I've been making a point of my my with my kids to watch something holiday every day because we cool. been back behind and so it gets tonight and it's almost bedtime for school i'm like crap what do we have so last night we just watched batman the animated series christmas with the joker and robin's all about watching it's a wonderful life so i'm gonna be with dick grayson and suggest that one interesting even I'm though not- everybody knows about it but i'm like you know what it's just a, a movie like whether you are religious or not or some there's a good kind of idea yeah. in that lots of good ideas and stuff in that movie and it just it works and it shows up in one of my another one of my favorite holiday classics gremlins so i guess it's a wonderful life and every adjacent thing that's gone with it nice so jimmy stewart oh mr potter i, I don't think so so yeah. donna reed so which do kids know of donna reed now when i grew up that was like I don't know. She was a household name. I can tell, that's for sure. There we go. All right. So uh, have a happy holidays. I think Hanukkah is Hanukkah over already. I hope hey. it was a good one. We had our eighth night. Um, yeah. yeah. Happy holidays as well to you, man. And yep. of course, I know you were saying it to the listeners, but I'm going to make yes. sure. Yes. Oh. All listeners, I'm saying it to you. Ching, happy ching, holidays. Yep. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so enjoy your time and always stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>